A reminder to get all of your information on the go with the PGA Tour app, real-time leaderboard, live player scorecards now showing shot trails, play-by-play, live stats, access to live video for every PGA Tour event, video on demand, alert notifications, you name it. One last thing before we get started, be sure to check out OGO's new Cirrus stand bag. It weighs just 3.2 pounds, has seven pockets. It's so light, it feels like your clubs are carrying themselves. We still might have used trolleys while we were in England, but these bags are incredibly light. Check out more at OGO.com. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Masters Preview Part 2. We're doing greatest hits here. Uh, Shane Bacon is back. We are going to do our bets on the major championships as we always do. Shane, you've been a busy man. What's going on? Oh, man. Just traveling and doing... We get it. You travel. Be, we being, get being it. At home, being at home like five nights in five weeks. But you know what? I have yet to send a complaint tweet about an airline on Twitter, which really to me is I should deserve, I deserve a medal, like a journalism medal for that. You're not a journalist unless you're sending airplane complaining tweets. So nothing on that 16-hour or whatever flight you had over the Pacific. There were no complaints you had to register with that? Nobody spilled the drink on me. Nobody lost a bag. We had 10 flights in 21 days on our little adventure and didn't have a delay or anything. So really, they're, they're, they're shining down on us. But yeah, I mean, match play, you know, match play last week was crazy and it was a lot of fun to be out there and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, it's this is we start looking at this, what, four weeks, five weeks away. I mean, it, it really starts to kind of you, you see it peaking over the horizon and you start getting excited and you just hope to God that these guys keep playing well and you know, with some of these guys in the top 10, they've done it. Yeah. So for the, <clears throat> those listening, if you listen to part one, I just recorded that with Kyle Porter. Um, we're recording this again on Wednesday, March 29th. We're going to post this on Tuesday of Masters Week. If there's a bit of crossover on any topics covered, Shane obviously has not heard the Porter podcast yet. Uh, and I don't feel sorry for you guys if there's any crossover. So, uh, But it's a major championship tradition, of uh, the second year of this tradition, that you and I do some kind of weird bet where we pick teams. We draft uh, teams, and the loser of the bet has to eat something weird from a fast food restaurant. Now, uh, can you catch us up on what the history of this bet has been? Well, I'm not sure you've ever actually paid. No, I had to I have haven't. a Burger King hot dog last year that wasn't very good. I think that was a master's bet I lost, and I think you went like 0 for 3 after that. And uh, and then you keep leaning on this, I live in the Netherlands, I don't have to do it thing. I can't find this item anywhere. We're going to have to find places over there that have this stuff. So it turns out, like we, we always pick like the most fattening or most disgusting food on the menu. <laughs> that it, it turns out a lot of these things they only make in the United so States. Yeah. So weird. So, I can't believe that. It's really bizarre. Uh, I've, I can't tell you how many. So I think I lost like a K. I needed to eat something from KFC. 
And uh, also, I, I, I forget. We're going to have to go back. If anyone remember listening to this remembers, please let us know what the bets were. But I, like, gone into like, any country I go to, I'll be like, well, maybe they have the hot dog wrapped in a chicken bun with bacon around it, whatever hot dog it is from KFC. But uh, I've been everywhere, man. They don't have them in Europe. And every time I'm back in the States, I somehow can't squeeze it in in time. So I should have to pay interest in some way. I'm thinking when you come over to Scotland this year, you may be at whatever airport you're at, you take it and I have to eat it like eight hours old. I have a, have a customs issue because I have nine things from KFC. <laughs> like pro- I promise I'm not bringing it over for other, any other reason. You know, you have to check the thing. Do you have any, yeah. any veggies or dirt? I'll be like, I don't know if it's a vegetable, actually. I'm not really sure this is even edible. There's no vegetables in anything that we've wagered on. But uh, we've oh, so we've come up with a formula. What we didn't agree on is are we doing like a low stroke thing or low or um, low stroke thing or like high dollar amount for our teams? I in in the past, I always feel like money makes the most sense because it's the easiest. But I mean, because if you miss the cut, your score doesn't really count. But if you miss the cut, it's zero dollars. So I always feel like money is the easiest thing to factor in here. Okay, let's do that. The five topics are we're going to select one player from each of these categories. The first one is a player inside the top 10. The second one is a player that is eligible to make the International President's Cup team this year. It's President's Cup year. It's a big year. I'm a big President's Cup guy. Uh, somebody whose last name starts with S. Somebody, A champion of the Masters from pre-2003. And a European not inside the top 20. I know we agreed before we came on that I would go first. But you know what? I'm feeling generous. I want you to take – you can select the category – uh, no, that doesn't. That that's an unfair advantage. You you have to select a player in the top ten uh, as your as your first pick. Okay, I have a question for you before we get Uh-oh. going because this really threw me off when I had Tron on the podcast the other day. Is it Sully instead of Solly? No, it's it's Solly Solomon. It's just short for Solomon. That's what I thought. He said your name different, and it really really confused me. And I didn't even mention it to him at the time because I didn't want to break into his 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 extreme point. <laughs> But, man, for like two days after, I was like, I think we've been calling this guy the wrong name for this entire time. So that's really good to know. Uh, my first pick, I'm going to go. Um, it's a guy. Uh, he's in the top ten. Uh, he's a pretty good player. And um, you're not going to like it. I'm going to take a guy named Jordan Speed oh. with my first pick. I thought um, I could give you DJ, and then I could take Speed there. But, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I, I got a little cocky with that, handing you that one. Are you writing these down? Oh, yeah, I guess I should, shouldn't I? I'll just – I always lose track of it every time we do it. All right, oh, so you're taking we, speed. We, we have no we have, – there's no, there's no rhyme or reason for any of this stuff, and we barely even keep catalog accounts of it. I, mean, I you never remember pay up. Bets. I'm the worst. I hate people that don't pay up on bets. And I, First of all, I, what, what's like the percentage – when you play golf with somebody, what's the percentage of times that cash actually changes hand at the end of it? Uh, well, I'm with you, and I hate when people don't pay, so I try to pay right away. My least favorite thing is I play with a couple of guys a lot um, in these in these like little money games that we play. We'll play like a little side game, and every time we finish, they'll be like, "I ah, don't worry about it." And I'm like, "No, no, no," because no. then if you if I win, I want you're your money. Not pay me either, right? Yeah. We need Why Phil. We, we need Phil to commit be the commissioner of these bets. So I, <laughs> you know what's going to happen though? We're, when we play in Scotland, you're going to beat me, and I'm not going to pay up. That's what's going to happen. But no, it almost no, always ends up being bad. like, oh, buy, you buy me a beer, we'll call it that. But exactly. which is fine. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I have a hard time finding people that are. And I don't like to bet big dollar amounts, but the people that take the bets enough, like seriously enough to have 
it's supposed to be fun, obviously, but usually it just kind of gets gets glossed over, and people start giving themselves eight foot putts that might mean something. But well, and and again, we should just right now say to everybody listening, let's stop this. Let's let's start something new. If you make a bet, if it's a five dollar Nassau, ten dollar Nassau, whatever it is, if you make the bet first, try to have cash on you every time you go play golf, and second, pay your friend, man, just pay him, let him buy his own beer. It's going to be okay. Give him his ten bucks. I promise it'll be better in the long run. Plus, everybody's got PayPal and Venmo right there on your phone. There's no excuse not to be able to pay up at the end of the match. I'm with you. I am totally with you. All right, so I have DJ. You have Spieth. Um, so I get the next pick, the, a player eligible for the International President's Cup team. I am going with the fourth-ranked player in the world, Hideki Matsuyama. Ooh, nice pick. I don't hate it. I'm going to go with the um, sixth-ranked player on the international team standings. And yes, that means we are both skipping over a former Masters champion. I'm going to take Louis Hustazen. You love Louis. That's that's your boy. I always pick him. I mean, he should win more, so I'll just pick him until he does, and if he never does. My, my question for you with the Matsuyama pick is this. It's so weird how Matsuyama has just completely kind of fallen off with his game when he when he virtually didn't miss a golf shot for what? eight months straight it felt like it lasted for a really long time um, uncomfortably long time yes um he let's see he missed the cut of the genesis t25 at mexico t45 at arnold palmer and he what they give it t51 for the match play i don't even know how they classified guys in the match play but um yeah it is interesting i guess i didn't i wasn't fully aware of that when i made that pick three seconds ago um I don't know. I don't know if that can be attributed to just like you can't maintain a streak that long for for yeah, great. I'm going to I'm just like dreading what I'm going to be eating now as uh as I was clearly unprepared for this, but um I don't know. I, I feel like and I just told this to Porter. I feel like people overrate how much putting matters at the Masters. Um before I repeat that point, is that a crazy thing to say? No, I mean, I, I think even there was a couple of people I saw that answered questions you sent in that were uh, basically pointing out that we've seen guys win at the Masters that aren't great putters. We've seen guys contend at the Masters that don't necessarily roll the rock that well. I've heard the theory that it's so hard to putt there that it actually kind of equalizes the field. But, you know, in the, I mean, think about Bubba. I mean, this is something I've talked a lot about with Bubba over the years. I mean, this putting struggle that we see Bubba have right now, it's always kind of been there. I mean, he's always had that little move where the putts just barely roll in. I've just heard from players at times that they say the fact the greens are so fast there actually helps Bubba because the balls can't stop like that. I mean, he has to actually you know hit him at the hole with a little bit of speed. So, I mean, we've seen bad putters win. We've seen bad putters win a lot. So I don't think it's out of this question to think that somebody like Matsuyama, who historically isn't a great putter, could have some success. I mean, we've seen him have success the last few years there. He it looks like Bubba is like in danger of double hitting putts sometimes. The way how awkward his follow through is. But again, we're talking about a two time Masters champion, but this is what I do. But um, <laughs> <laughs> any chance I get to uh, let's see, Matsuyama's finished fifth in 2017 and T7 last year. All right, I'm feeling better about that pick. I'll take that. Um, all right, players whose last name begins with S. Um, who's so this first? is me to start, right? Uh, if we alternate, yeah, we can alternate. That's fine. Or, or you, no, you want to go, go snake? Go you can snake it. Snake it up. You're good. I mean, I, either way. All right, we'll do snake. Uh, really official format we're going with here. I'm going to take Brant Snedeker. Wow. Wow. What? 
I can't believe that. Well, I mean, I'm just going to say, I'm going to give a couple names to you that you passed over. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. Can I redo that? No, no. I need to redo that. I need to redo that. Cards laid, man. The no. Cards laid. You, you, you skipped over a fellow by the name. Of I Adam sorted Scott. the column wrong. I didn't realize that Adam Scott and Henry Stinson were still on the board. Uh, you know what? I'll take it. I said. I already said it. I can't. I can't renege on it. I'll take Snedeker. Well, there was. There was. There was three or four years ago when Snedeker was in the final group in the, in the last round, right? I mean, he's had some success at Augusta over the years, hasn't he? He has had several runs. I think it was. Uh, what year did he he got he got wet on 13 on Sunday like two or three years in a row being contention and he, he cried at the press conference at one of them didn't he That's right yeah 2008 he finished tied for third 2013 tied for sixth and tied for 10th last year I mean it's not like the guy's never seen the golf course before so it's not it's not completely out of this world I I'm going to take Henrik Stenson that's last name starts with an S Yeah uh, and and I'll take him happily so I have Jordan Spieth I have Louis Oosthuizen, and I have Henrik Stenson, and you've got Matsuyama, uh, three in a row, Dustin Johnson, and Brant Snedeker. Yes, that's correct. All right, now I get to go. I get to go first on champions from before two thousand and three. Now, 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 just so you know, two thousand three is also included in this. So you can, <laughs> if you feel like it, take the O three champion. Now, don't fear. Don't don't get too scared about that. That's not off the board here. But the rule is also that they can't have one after 2003. So you can't take, like, Tiger, right, per se. Yeah. Right, okay. right, exactly. I mean, you could, take, you could take Tiger if you want to take him. If you wanted to. I'll give you, I'll give you him if you want I'm to. good. I'm good. Um, I'm going to take VJ Singh. Nice. I get the guy I wanted. I get the guy I wanted all along. I'm going to take Bernard Longer. Longer. Wow, okay. I can't believe Freddie Freddie, uh, Freddie didn't get taken. Okay. I'm fine with that. I thought those I thought those two would be the ones that went, but I think the VJ pick's not not that bad. I mean, he's still, you know, anytime. I mean, if he hit, hit, knocks a couple putts in, he's going to shoot even par, you know. So, um, at least he'll make the cut and maybe make some money. Yeah, that's probably going to be inco- inconsequential to the bet, but it's a fun one. So glad I got to go first on that one. Um, now you're up with the a Euro player not in the top twenty in the world. So let's let's look at this. So you've got Cabrera Bayo. Mm-hmm. You've got Russell Knox. You've got Francesco Molinari is the thirty-first ranked player in the world. Unbelievable! Can we talk about how he WD'd last week and it meant that Rory's match on Friday didn't matter? I mean, what are you doing? Come on now! It was him. I thought it was Woodland that WD'd in in Rory's group. Oh, not? it was it was Woodlands and his that did it. That's right. But Molinari also WD'd, which okay. which threw another group in in, in peril. Uh, you get Thomas Peters if you want. Um, you can do Bern Wiesberger. I, I think, man, Martin Keimer, who's had just historically awful finishes at the Masters, starting at number 20, and it's a real big bummer that we that we can't get John Rahm, who jumped into 14th, because that would be a really, really... It'd be a, I almost would take him off the board. Uh, I think I'm going to go Cabrera Bayo. I think I'll go with Cabrera Bayo, the 26th player in the world, here with my final pick. Okay. I will take Thomas Peters then, and we are set. What are we eating, or what am I eating? Because I'm I'm going to lose this. I can already tell. I, I feel like we should send it out to the yeah. followers. And see yeah, what, what we've got up. a lot of submissions over God, the last eight you months. Send them all the time. I you know. Send them all the time. It's great, but I can't keep track of it. So if you're listening, just reply to the tweet of this podcast going out with any food suggestions that you might have. It can't be like something from a baseball ballpark. For the record, I'm right. having I'm having trouble as it is finding all the foods that I have to eat, but. Um, are you are you going to be going to the players? I will be going to the players. We could we could do it there. 
Yeah, I think I think oh, my God. punishment should be that I have to eat like all three of them in a row, like on the same well, day. You, yeah, well, here's what we should do. To people listening right now, and to those people that live in the Florida area or know Florida well, find something in that area that it could be fast food, it could be a local place. But if they have something that's not good, send it in. Let us know. If it's driving distance, if it's delivery distance, Postmates, whatever, let us know that item, and that will be our master's bed because we'll both be in the same place. I'm in. I'm sold. Um, I don't like – I'm kind of a picky eater, which makes that really even uh, even more intimidating, and uh, I might have changed my strategy based on that, but I'm in. Let's do it. You're a picky eater in what regard? Like you won't eat – I mean, give, give me an example of something you don't eat. I'm not like a good vegetable guy, so I don't like lettuce. <laughs> lettuce doesn't taste No, like don't it say like that. Water. That's what everyone says. Not, lettuce doesn't taste like anything. I can clearly – like if I have a burrito <laughs> from Chipotle that has one piece of lettuce in it, I can taste what bite that is. I promise you this. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish I could eat it. Every wedding I go to and they put the salad right in front of you and I have to act like I enjoy it, I hate every second of it, so – that should probably be my punishment, but uh, I don't think I'm going to agree to that. So, like a side salad is your punishment. Everybody's like, "Well, this is the worst <laughs> bed of all time." So, so you, so you know, no, no lettuce. Like, I mean, do you eat vegetables as a side when you're eating dinner? Uh, not really. So, I, I, I put spinach in my smoothie every morning, and that's like my vegetable for the day. I put a lot of spinach in it, though. For the record, you can't taste it. You just don't even taste it. You don't taste it at all. It's, it's wonderful. Nice. But. A quick break to remind you guys again, it is Masters Week, and the fine folks over at Callaway Golf have got you covered from a content perspective. Right now on CallawayGolf.com, there is a link on the homepage talking about what is in Phil's bag for the week at the Masters, and a fantastic podcast with the defending Masters champion, Danny Willett. Callaway has got you covered on the content front for the entire week. Some awesome Arnold Palmer head cover giveaways this week on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They're also involved in our Masters Pool, giving away some incredible prizes, including an Epic Driver. It is totally free to enter that. Reminder, go to our Twitter page for the link, sign up today, and be sure to swing by CallawayGolf.com and all their social media pages for all your updates this week. Moving on to the actual event. Um, are you are you on the Phil train? I, I tried to nail Porter down. I couldn't quite get a, a full pick. Oh, man. He, he brought am, Phil up immediately. Okay, tell me all about I'm it. All over it. You you know, listen, Phil missed the cut last year. It was really weird. He was playing great golf, but I feel like his short game wasn't what it is right now. His short game has been really really impressive this year. He's been making a lot of putts. I think that's really the key to him is if he's making those four and five footers and looks comfortable over it. I mean, Phil's never going to hit the ball straight. We know that. He's never going to drive the ball that great, even if magazines you know you know tout him as being a great ball striker off the tee he's not going to be good at that and that just who is who he is but you can get away with it at augusta and i feel like if he hits six or seven or eight fairways around he's going to be fine and i feel like if he does that he'll at least be around i just throw i throw last year out i say phil's played great golf the last what year now i mean really he's played great golf for about a year and hasn't won i just feel like once he gets there the emotions will get going and as long as he can knocking a couple of putts and not doing anything too stupid, I think he'll be around on the weekend. How prepared do you think he's going to be for his presser? I'm assuming he does a, does a Tuesday presser. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to go sit like 35 minutes early and just sit right there. Like when I know he's coming in, just to go tr- try to get that front row seat right next to Doug Ferguson. Like just, just I, I, know Doug, I know Doug has his seat. I'm going to try to sit right next to him, get fired up for Phil. 
my favorite is Porat's Porat's tweet that leads up to the Phil Masters press conference. I don't know what he's got <laughs> in store for us this year, but uh, that's always the best. Um, so, is it? I think it's you that always tries to beat the Sergio Masters drum every year and round. I haven't. I don't think I've heard a whole lot on that front this year. Are you? Have you? Have you worn that one out, or are we moving on from that? I watched him play in Austin, man. It was it was uninspiring. I'll say that he didn't look. The top I mean, into was, the water was uninspiring. Well, I mean, it was pouring down. Yeah, right? I know. But I know. It was it was really it was it was weird. I mean, you know, Sergio has been a guy his entire life that has definitely taken more time than not to pull a trigger and hit a golf shot. And he just got up there and swung it. We were, we were doing his his grouping on PJ Tour Live, and it was like, I think I think even Paul Stankowski mentioned, you know, I can't believe he's he's doing this with it raining this hard. And then sure enough, he almost whiffed it, but. You know, I mean, Sergio will be around. He's just such a good ball striker that Augusta sets up really well for him. But, you know, I, I don't know. I Augusta just seems like a place. We talked about putting earlier. I just feel like those short putts for Sergio, he's just always going to be too scared to give it any sort of speed. Like, you know, we said Bubba actually hits those there. I feel like Sergio still tries to die him in the hole, and I'm just not sure that'll ever work there. So, you know, Sergio's a guy I feel like a fixture for a top 15, but I'm just not sure I could pick him to actually win the Masters. Everyone, uh, obviously, DJ is on this incredible run leading up into it, and everyone says about Augusta that it favors a right-to-left ball flight. It Announcers can't go uh, more than a hole or two without mentioning DJ switching from a right-to-left ball flight to left-to-right. Do you think DJ will try to dial up the draw more around Augusta, or do you think he can play the fade around, uh, or try to cut corners even with a fade around this golf course? I would see like 13, for instance. I could see DJ hitting three wood there all week and just trying to hit a little draw there, but kind of sticking with that cut with the driver. I mean, historically, players, even lefties, that that, that move the ball right to left and cut the ball, I just feel like with these fairways, with the way the grass grows back into the players, you know, how, they, how they're soft and they kind of hit and bounce up, I feel like if you hit that cut, even a missed tee shot can still find the fairway because they don't roll out like you maybe you saw in Austin. So... I just feel like, I mean, you know, why would you tell Dustin to do anything different than what he's been doing? He can win anywhere. We've obviously seen that. So, again, do you think you'd be more surprised if Spieth wasn't in the conversation on Sunday or if DJ wasn't in the conversation on Sunday? Uh, Spieth. I'd be more surprised if Spieth wasn't. Which is which is kind of crazy considering the run DJ's been on. But, I mean, you look at the way whatever happened. I mean, we've talked about it. People talked about it. Jordan didn't hit the ball great last year at the Masters and nearly won. And, I mean, he's hitting the ball a lot better right now. So, Going in, you have to think this is a guy that understands the greens, can putt them unlike anybody we've really seen since Tiger when he was in his peak. And if he's hitting the ball better than he was last year, you'd have to think he's going to be around. See, I, I'm not. I heard that was mentioned on your podcast with uh, with Shaq. I, I don't buy that that Jordan didn't hit the ball great last year. Last year, the setup was very difficult. With the the wind blew really hard, the course was firm, and we saw almost every one of Spieth's shots. We didn't see everyone else's shot who didn't finish under par. I know Spieth putted, putted his ass off basically last year, but he also hit a ton of really, really good shots in very, very hard conditions. So I, I feel like it gets kind of glanced over that he um, – and I know you're on to this as well. A lot, of, a lot of people that really pay attention to golf are well aware that Spieth is a much better ball striker than some less avid fans of the game may give him credit for but I, I I just don't quite follow the 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 thought that 
you know, that he didn't hit the ball great last year. For every wayward shot he hit, he, he followed it up with a wedge to four feet and made a birdie. And it, he just kind of ran out of holes once he made the quad, obviously, on, on 12. But I don't know. I'm just not totally buying the, that he didn't hit the ball great. I think the conditions were really, really difficult. And we just saw a lot, whole lot more of him than we saw of other players. Yeah, I mean, I just think a few of his foul balls got great bounces. I mean, I think that was that was a big part of it. A few of the tee balls that were wayward, you know, maybe hit a tree and kick back into the, into, into the rough right there off the fairway or back into the fairway a few times. I mean, there were a few instances where he made bad golf swings and got great kicks, and I thought that was what allowed him to get that big lead. And then, of course, you know, 11 and 12 happened. But, I mean, it wasn't what we saw the year before, that's for sure, even though we continued to kind of build that lead up into Sunday. So I just – he looks like he's swinging better at it this year. It sure seems like he's a little bit more confident with the game, and it's all a little bit more put together. So, you know, I mean, you can't can't you can't not go in confident if you're that kid. I mean, how can you not? I mean, you obviously are you're in, you're totally in control when you play there. And I mean, I think he's excited probably to get out the, get on the property and get it going. Do you think DJ the the is getting enough love for what he's been done recently? I don't think so. In a weird way, I, you know, it's it, it's almost to your point you made about speed. I feel like the golf contingent is all over it, and the sports world's not, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like the golf contingent's like, look at what he's done, look what he's done since Oakmont. I mean, this guy's on an unbelievable run. I mean, winning three times in a row at this at, at this point in, you know, where golf's at is just so hard to do. I mean, Rory did it in 14 with two majors, and we were all, like, going crazy. And DJ does it with two WGC events, and it's like, finally, he's doing it. And I feel like you don't give him total credit for not just winning, but I feel like the short game is is just incredibly sharp right now. And it's just, when he has a wedge in his hand from 30, 40, 50, 60 yards, I feel like he's going to get it within, you know, 8, 10 feet every single time. And I'm not sure we would have said that about DJ three, four years ago. Approaching this topic very carefully, um, what do you make of Jason Day's chances of a playing in the Masters? It sounds like he's going to, um, and his his recent run of not competing in events and kind of stirred up quite a bit of controversy within the tour as far as being quite dramatic about a lot of situations. Now I know the most recent one with his mother having cancer is no laughing matter and not something to be taken lightly um but it seems like it's something new every week with this guy are we is he is he trying to fly under the radar do we have any understanding of what he's going for with all of the attention that he puts on himself for every run he knows that he has yeah you know i just think it, it really he almost foreshadowed all of this last year at the players championship i thought when he said you know this is the most pressure i've ever felt i mean this is coming off of a win at a major championship playing alongside Jordan Spieth, you know? And I mean, he was saying at the players championship on Sunday, you know, this is the most nervous I've ever been. And he goes on to win that. But I just, I think that there's some players that get to the top, get to number one in the world and they keep pushing. And I think there's some players that get there and it exhausts them a little bit. I mean, think about Jordan Spieth two years ago. I mean, he, he takes all those off season events. He goes to all these places. He flies around and I feel like it did affect him earlier in the season. Now, of course, it didn't matter when he got to Augusta, even though people, for whatever reason, try to you know correlate those two things. But I just I look at a guy who looks exhausted. He looks tired, you know, doing what he's doing right now, and he doesn't necessarily look like he wants to be out there. And in the 2017 PGA Tour, if you're not 100% committed to this stuff, you're not going to win. I mean, you have one moment, you know, where you're not paying attention and you're not going to be able to do it. And I think we're seeing that right now with Jason Day. And I mean. 
you know, last year was a completely different situation. Last week was a completely different situation. But, you know, with Day, he's coming in here not playing great golf and not playing a lot of golf. And I just don't think those two recipes, you know, really mix together for a great week at a, at a golf course that's as tough as Augusta. Yeah, he. I think he's exhausted a lot of goodwill um, from from fans. And again, I I, I I think I can say that excluding the most recent uh, withdrawal. Um, I don't know. It's tough because he's what should be a very exciting player. But I and we've talked about this in the past how I I don't get the same level of excitement seeing him succeed as I do with you know a Rory or a DJ or you know a Fowler or Spieth or any of the other top guys. So. I don't know. It's it's kind of it's a very weird situation. It's of course he's had a lot of success on. I feel like guys aren't really talking about him leading up into this week. Uh, is they're not talking about him on the actual golf course. And I'm I i do not know. I'm kind of wondering aloud if that if that's a formula that he's trying to you know drive up to to kind of fly under the radar to win this thing. Yeah, but I mean, if he had like you know if he'd finished fifth last week or you know if he had a great run of a couple tournaments and didn't win. I mean, I, I would feel like that'd be something, but I'm just not sure he has much to kind of stand on right now over the last few months in the sense of playing good golf and playing good tournament golf. I mean, there's two storylines going into this Masters. One of them's Jason Day, of course, and, I mean, the other one to me is the defending champion, Danny Willett, playing, you know, terrible golf lately. And I feel like when we go in, every year we talk about Jason Day because he's been so close before, and I feel like he doesn't really have a chance, and I don't think Danny Willett has any chance. I don't think Danny Willett's going to make the weekend. <laughs> poor ass i told this to porter too but poor ass tweet at us about <laughs> what what uh what will it's gonna do between friday afternoon and sunday uh that, that that's that's still the best we'll see we'll see we got one as well as to what the worst case scenario uh event might be it can't get worse than last year can it well i mean you know it's it's bad because you want speed to win you know, you want speed to go back to back. But, I mean, it's not bad in the sense of looking for good storylines and taking stuff away from this Masters. I mean, it was – we still talk about it. I mean, it, we talk about it more than we talk about the PGA Championship that happened obviously a lot, you know, you know, sooner in the past than the Masters did. And I just feel like, you know, if you're writing a story about the 2016 Masters, it was a pretty good story because it was pretty dramatic. Now, Danny Willett winning probably isn't what you, you marked up what you'd hope, but – you also have to remember Danny Willow was a top 10 player at the time. I mean, you know, he was having a great year. He was coming in with a win in Europe, and I think people had him flying under the radar with a chance to do it. So, you know, to me, always is the completely random guy that's ranked 80th in the world, and he gets in, and nobody's ever heard of him, and he wins, and we never hear about him again. I mean, to me, that's the weirdest of weird things. But I also, in a weird way, kind of have a soft spot for those stories because, you know, when you when you think about Lynn Matisse and getting so close to winning over Mike Weir, and he doesn't win, and I mean, you know, this guy's never talked about again. If he wins that playoff, he's a Masters champion, and every year you see him at this event. So it's kind of hard to say that storyline sucks when it's one person's life that's completely changed, even if, you know, the interest around it isn't as great as it'd be if Spieth or Rory battled on Sunday. I'm kind of putting you on the spot with that, with this, based on what you just said about the Lynn Matisse thing. But what's what are your some of your favorite go-to random Masters facts from the past? Like so, like I think I forget who it was now, but there was one uh, somebody at the 1997 Masters finished in the top five, and it's hilarious. And I'm I'm looking it up now, but uh, the Lynn Matisse one is always one of my favorites to revisit every year. I know Tron loves that one too, and that Mike Weir gets to go to the Champions Dinner every year, and Lynn Matisse is usually like grinding out something on a Web.com tour event this week. But um, I I'll give you a dollar if you can tell me who was leading after round one of the 97 Masters. 
I, I actually know the answer to this because I just talked to Paul Stankowski. Um, it's not Sluman who shot 67, and it's a great story. He actually tells the story of what happened. Is it a Houston, John Houston? Damn, I owe you a dollar. And I will actually pay it, unlike the golf bets. So <laughs> so, so if you listen to my – I have a podcast coming out, and it's already come out because this is coming out Tuesday, but I yeah. talked to Paul Stankowski about that 97 Masters. If you do anything else, tune in for the story he tells you about how Houston shoots 67 in that first round because it's unbelievable, and it's one of those moments – I said this on the podcast. It's one of those moments that if TV had been around like it is now, it, it would have been shown – Five million times on Twitter through through people showing gifs and and, uh, and and replay videos and stuff like that because it's such an unbelievable way to shoot the number. Professional plug in there as well as sneaking in that gif pronunciation, but it was Tommy Tolls that finished third at the at the ninety seven Masters. Tommy that's, Tolls, that's one of my favorite. What are some of your more underrated Masters in history? I mean, I think we've we've we've, we've, we've kind of covered a lot of what's going on in the current year. I love to every time around this time of year when the golf channel rolls out like the consecutive marathons of just year after year after year of masters highlights i record every single one of them uh so i love re-watching them what are some of your favorite underrated or just favorite in general masters that you remember well i mean i think 2011 is one of my favorites because i mean i was actually doing this for a living and it was so much fun to watch i mean of course you know schwartzel winning is not going to be one of the sexiest winners of all time but i think with everybody you know jumping in the lead there you know the Kenny Perry Masters, for whatever reason, the way it went down, you know, he birdies 16. Cabrera has that birdie on 16, and it was kind of one of those, you know, you touched your chin moments and went, that might be kind of important. I think one of the most underrated moments in Masters history is 05 when Tiger chips in on 16 and then bogeys 17 and 18 to get into a playoff. I mean, people always forget that he bogeyed 17 and 18. You know, you never think of Tiger as this guy that lets it slip away. But to bogey yeah. 17 and 18 to land into a playoff with DeMarco, I find that unbelievable, especially when you think about Tiger. I mean, this is a closer. That shot shown a million times, and nobody ever talks about him going 5-5 to get into that playoff. And that's the thing, that that birdie on 16 was obvious. I mean, I, there's, a, there's a luck factor that's involved in that. He had a horribly shaky approach to pull it that far left of the green. And then, yeah, bogeyed 17 and 18 as well. He was... I don't want to say lucky to win that, but he was quite fortunate to win that. He went. He was. Uh, that was that year they played. They didn't finish the the third round until Sunday morning, and I think he ran Demarco down with several birdies that morning. And I think he probably just got fatigued by the end of the day. Um, but back to what you're saying, Kenny Perry after he birdied 16 and 09, he also bogeyed 17 and right, 18 right, to fall back yeah. into the playoff. It's heartbreaking. But I think he bogeyed 17 from the middle of the fairway. My most underrated favorite thing, stat, deal, anything in the history of the Masters, though, my favorite thing is that 58-year-old Jack Nicklaus finished tied for sixth in 98. 58 he, years old. He beat Tiger the year after Tiger one by 12 shots and, and he had a mo- he had a moment again this this is again one of those things that i wish the telecast showed as much as they do now but there was a moment on sunday where jack i think jack made a birdie somewhere late on the front i maybe birdied eight or something and everybody was like no way it cannot happen again this cannot ha-. and of course it didn't but you know i mean he only finishes four back of omira i mean it's not that crazy and and if marco mira doesn't make that putt on 18 he only finishes three back i mean to me, that is mind-blowing, and that gives me, I guess, hope that we'll see Phil do this for another you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, I think. 
Yeah, I was just talking with Porter about how how many close calls Ernie Els had uh, at Augusta in that run of from 2000 uh, to 2004. But another guy that had crazy run without ever winning one that I'm seeing now when I pull up that 98 page was Duvall. Man, that guy had some Masters heartbreak. It was unbelievable how you know you you forget, of course. I mean, young people that don't care about you know history of the game are I mean that sounds like such an old golf writer thing to say but you know like the, the people that don't look back at some of these you know lesser heroic type of players but you know the way Duvall played you know middle the 90s on till like 2002 it was a uh, it was incredible I mean every major you thought he had a really good chance to win so I, I love Duvall's master's record so 96 97 he went t18 and then was cut and then he went t2 T6, T3, and then runner-up in 2001 to Tiger, who won the Tiger Slam, didn't play another weekend at the Masters after that. Unbelievable. And and of all things, has a tie for second at a U.S. Open. I mean, where did that come from? Oh. That is still – I mean, that you talk about throwing a dart at a wall. I mean, that's like Hideto Tanahara, who played well at the match play. We had to look up his record, and he just randomly has this tie for fifth at a British Open. And you were like – where did that? Where did that come from? I mean, it was like it was like back in like '06, you know. And you're like, it's just these guys just have one week to catch fire, and you know, you finish top five in a major. I mean, it does a lot for your life the next like 18 months. The one I always go back to was being underrated as the 2001 Masters, and it shouldn't be underrated because it was to, for Tiger to complete the Slam. But I mean, it was Tiger, Duval, and Phil down the back nine with everything in question, and. It's great. If you go look at these Wikipedia pages, it's great because it shows what everyone's score was at, after each hole. So while it, while it may not have been Tiger and Duvall tied at 15 under, uh, through 15 holes, they were both sitting at 15 under. Duvall bogeyed 16, Tiger birdied 18 to win it by two. Uh, I just I, that's that's a highlight that you know. Again, when, after when you go back and watch the highlights, you you know Tiger ends up winning. But you forget about the time when it was in question, and we all like you like the example you gave when he blew it in '05. You f- tend to forget that it was in at one time in question. It's it, it's it's you know in, in history when we look back at it, it's we know that he ends up winning. But man, it's not always it's not, it was never a given that he was going to win all these. He just always happened to do it. Yeah, and you know, if you were going to do the flip side story of this, like which one is? Do you think people in general would say like, oh man, that Masters? Don't you think 96 is number one? I mean, Faldo's win, wins his third. He's already won a couple. He already has two green jackets. Norman's going to do it. And I just feel like Faldo winning a third, you're like, hey, he played great. He was a solid Sunday. It was a little bit like Willett, you know? I mean, it's like a real solid score. He shot, I think he shot five under. But it, it's it's just so different than what the storyline you were thinking was going to be written. Is Faldo winning his third green jacket as opposed to this guy that was a, a superstar in the game, you know, emerging and finally doing it? I mean, it's a little bit like Speeth. You know, Speeth is... He's got a chance to go back to back and get two green jackets that early in his career. And, you know, it's never a given. I mean, it's like these guys that make Super Bowls, they lose the game and they think we'll be back next year. I mean, you know, you, you could say Jordan Speed might never win another green jacket. I mean, it's not completely out of out of the question that that could happen. Well, I predicted that he'll win four more, so I hope that's not the case. But um, <laughs> but the, it, I think I forget where I said this. It was on a podcast recently, but um, I made the point that 96 with Faldo and Norman Norman collapsing there, it it fit a script, like it fit a theme and story, and it the Spieth collapse last year did not. I mean, here was a guy that he finished second, obviously his first one. He won the year before. He had led after every round of the 2016 Masters. 
it didn't make sense for that collapse to happen. It would make more sense to me if he hadn't broken through yet. That's part of why I think there isn't going to be a long hangover. When I, I know it's going to be a topic discussed, and people are always going to point to that 12th hole as a defining moment in his career, regardless of how it ends up. Um, but I don't know. A part of me just thinks that it's going to be kind of water off a duck's back um, you know, after that Thursday round. If he hits the ball in the green on Thursday, I think that it's not something that we're going to address again. So if you were looking at the list of players for this year and you said this player blank wins the Masters and it's a player that everybody knows their name, but it would be really surprising to you. Do you have somebody that comes to mind? Say that again. Sorry. So so if 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 Sunday afternoon came and you and it was the headline was player whoever wins his first Masters and it's a it's a name that everybody knows. I mean, maybe it's a top 10 player. Maybe it's a guy that's been around for a while. Which player do you feel like you would be so surprised if that was who ended up winning this thing? But it's not some no name that no. I mean, it's not yeah. Tanahara. Yeah. It's somebody that you know everybody's knows if they've if they've watched any golf in their entire life. I think Sergio would be the most like I can't believe this actually has happened. I, that was the same way I felt after DJ won last year. It's like we've been picking this guy to win majors for how long? I can't believe this actually happened. He actually broke through. It'd be Sergio, I think, to me. You? I just feel like. I feel like a legitimate chance of it happening yet being equally as surprising. Sergio is a great answer. And I think on that same level, Lee Westwood would be there as well. I mean, this is a guy who's finished second in the Masters twice. He's finished in the top 11 in six of his last seven Masters. Porter was all over this one. You guys are you guys are you guys are in line on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's this is a, this is a guy that that has had a ton of success there and and he, and he just comes up a little bit short, but I mean, again, Will it have to happen? Like, will it win? Probably. I think that's probably how Lee Westwood wins a major is, uh, you know, it's an Adam Scott situation at the Open when Ernie won. You know, it's it's making a couple of bogeys late and you go on to win. But it wouldn't completely shock you if you saw Lee Westwood won. And in the same breath, you'd be like, wow, Lee Westwood finally won a major. Lee Westwood won the Masters. Yeah. So if I ask you, try to answer this as quickly as you can. Who won the la- the most recent major? Jimmy Walker. Yeah, you kind of have to think about it, don't you? Like somebody <laughs> did that to me the other day, and I was like, uh, "Was it Jason? Oh, Jimmy Walker beat him. That's right. That's a guy, like that's 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 just funny to me. Like nobody is talking about Walker to win the Masters at all. He's top twenty-five player in the world, and I mean, I'm no better. I'm not talking about him to win the Masters, right. but it's just it's just funny to me that he was he's the most recent major champion. I, I use his I use his name a lot in, in different contexts. I, I always say like when you talk about you know. Tyrrell Hatton or something and I go you know he'll Jimmy Walker a major at some point and I mean it's already turned into that we're not even another major into it but you know it's just that example of like I mean if you had to bet your life on Jimmy Walker winning another major or not you'd probably bet not I mean just because that fits the narrative with these guys I mean good players win a major and it'd be surprising if they won a second you know it's like I mean there's so many of them of this generation the Duffners and the Keegans uh, and the Schwartzels and even Adam Scott you know yeah okay let's get to some questions um Pastor Ben Blakey asks, uh, he's going to the Masters for the first time this year on Thursday. Best advice for a first-time patron? We got a lot of got a lot of questions uh, asking for advice on for patrons. So, uh, best advice you have for going to an actual tournament round as well as a practice round? Uh, I would say if you're going to buy merchandise, go right when you get there. Do yes. it first, get it out of the way because all the good stuff's gone by like Friday afternoon. And you could they give you lockers there too, don't like you can put it in a locker and then pick it up when you're done, if I remember right. Yeah, you you can you can check it and then you can grab it on your way out. But I mean if you wait, 
if you wait at all to get merchandise, you're doing it wrong. I mean, that's right. that's that's kind of my key to the master, especially at Augusta, because that good, like I said, the good stuff is gone by Wednesday, Thursday. And then, so what about like a, 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 actually attending the round? Like where to go? What 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 holes do you make sure you see? Do you follow a group? What's your advice? Well, I asked uh, Scott Michaud this, who of course has been covering the Masters since '97, and he's been at Augusta Chronicle. I asked him what hole he thinks is the most underrated to watch golf, and he said 14 green. So I'll go with him, hmm. uh, just to default to a guy that knows it way better than I do. He said 14 green is a lot of fun because you'll see the wackiest putts ever. You'll see guys put it off the green you'll see guys leave it 30 feet short but he also said that when the holes are in the right spots you can see crazy fireworks like of course we saw when phil hold it there you know a few years back so he says 14 green is underrated you know i mean i say you go to seven right when you get there you go to seven green and you can see seven green you can see at you can see guys playing up 17 and then from there you can sneak back into the woods and go see Amen corner but i think 70 is really underrated the problem is it's so exposed for everybody that i feel like it just gets more and more crowded every year yeah, I think, and this is well documented, obviously, but not everyone may know that you can take a chair and if you and you can set it anywhere you want. If you get there early, you can set it, and no one's going to touch your chair. No one's going to move your chair. So, if you want to set it, you know, for, you get in first thing Sunday morning or Thursday morning. If you want to set it up on eighteen and then go follow a group for a while, you can go go and sit in that seat when you're done. Um, what what I was bothered when I've only been there once and it was during a practice round. I was bothered with. The, how close all the holes are together and the cheers, you always feel like you're <laughs> missing something, no matter where you're standing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it goes back to golf tournaments in general. And, I mean, that's the thing is you have to go with the understanding that you're not going to view it as good as you can when you're at home watching on your television, yeah. which is so strange to think because, you know, if you have seats to a Super Bowl or to the World Series or, you know, to Game 7 of the NBA Finals, I mean, you're going to be watching the action right in front of your face. And, there, I, I remember my first Masters, it was a Monday, and I was up by the tree, by the oak. I was talking to, I think, a media member or something. You hear this enormous roar, and you're kind of going, what just happened? And, and I think it was when VJ skipped it in uh, on 16, when he skipped it, it actually went in the hole for the hole-in-one. But like you said, you almost have to rush back to the media center to check your computer and see what happened, because, I mean, there's no way to run down there and ask, you know? That's exactly what happened to us in 2012. We were by three green which kind of sits near 16 green. And this was going to be my advice for the practice rounds as well as going to 16 green while guys, you know, hit the skip shots off the water. Well, we hadn't made it over there yet. Martin Keimer skips one off the water and holes it and goes in the hole and the crowd just goes absolutely nuts. And we were close enough that we could see that everybody's hands go up and we were, we didn't get to see it though. So we missed it. But. So can I ask you a master's question? I know you've been there. Brilliant. I mean, are you there, there's there's been this like really big fire attack on pimento cheese sandwiches this year. People are like all over them. Uh, they're like, oh, they're trash. I mean, I, I still really like them. I know you said you're a picky eater. Did you like it? And did you did you try it? And did you like it? I tried it. It it. I was expecting more. You know, oh, man, another yeah. another one, another one. No, I can't see, handle this. No, I, I can't I, have in this many people I like hate the pimento cheese. I've been on this, though, before this like hate that's come out for it this year. And first of all, you can't I, I do not understand making a pimento cheese shoe. OK, but that's that's a separate conversation. I, 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 I understand where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't. And I, I think I said this last year on a pod, and somebody corrected me that's not true. But what is there anything unique about the cheese? Because I've heard somewhere that it's like just a tub of cheese. It's not even like some kind of special cheese. Do you know anything about it? I looked up the recipe a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's just cheddar cheese, and I think there's a little bit of American mixed in it. 
Okay. All right. Well, it's not that good. I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's nothing that special about it other than it's cheap and everyone says it's the greatest thing ever. So maybe I had too big of expectations, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not on board for it. I'm going to try to have everything on the menu, I think, on Tuesday and give a full report um, okay. for a story for Fox Sports. So I'll let you know which – I think it also depends on when I have that certain thing. The hipster take is to, that the egg salad sandwich is the best. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's I've so much better than the pimento I'm, cheese. I'm out, I'm out on it. I'm out yeah. on it. Michelle tried to try to tell me to put salt and pepper and bacon on it. I said, well, then that changes – I mean, you can do – that's – that's yeah, making it too frou Come on now. making your own sandwich. You're adding bacon to the sandwich. Like, of course it's better. I mean, come on. Um, one putt for par wants to know when we're going to do a roast my swing for you. I mean, I told you whenever you want. I mean, it's going to be. I know, be... but it's, you're, like, you're like the best like amateur golfer yeah, that I my, know. It's my, not... my swing my swing and slow-mo looks like I'm trying to like stretch uh, back when I was 23. It, it it is an ugly, ugly looking move when you slow mo it. So you're more than welcome to do it. They're gonna, they're gonna hate all over it. Do you have any? You hate all over it. You, you always are posting comments like four left, four right on any Instagram picture I talk about. So you already are doing it. I just love trolling you on Instagram. I don't even I know do. why I do it. It's just a lot of fun. But <laughs> um, I felt bad. I think I took it too far when I trolled you on your your marriage video that you posted on Facebook. But no, I, it's it, you can you can obviously troll all the time. My favorite is if. If somebody that's funny comments and somebody that's not funny sees it and says something to me, it's always my favorite because I feel like that's what the key to life is about is like being around people that miss the point a lot, you know? <laughs> the best is whenever it's like between me and JT, like people will be like, oh, shake that guy off, JT. You're, don't worry about the haters. <laughs> um, all right. I'm trying to scroll through some of these questions. Oh, this is not Masters related, but did you see the Grayson Murray Kelly Craft beef today? Which this is going to be six days old news by the time this is posted. But did you see that? Yeah, uh, Grayson Murray, man, it's, it's, the guy. The guy might want to just maybe turn the phone off and <laughs> set it down. It's, it's just do it's less. It's getting to the point. It's, it's yeah, just a little less. Like the problem with what he was doing was like up until about a month ago. I thought he was like the best golf follow of a professional golfer out there. And then over the last month, it, it's, it's, it's gone downhill, man. It's gone downhill. It's gone downhill quick. It's uh, yeah, real quick. It's a little disappointing. I had higher hopes. But um, it's, this is a question I get every time before a major. I don't, know, I don't know why I get this one a lot. But it's, what's, the dream, what's your dream final pairing for the, for the final round of, at Augusta? Uh, Rory, Phil, in the final pairing. You've thought this through. Then, well, I, 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 you can't. You've got to put guys that like each other, but also aren't like. I kind of agree with what Rory said back in that 14 PGA, where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to win this thing. I'm not trying to be buddy buddy. And I, I kind of, I, so I always want Rory in the final group because he'll have that little like, like f off. I'm going to win this thing. Look to him. So I like Rory Phil in the final. And I mean, this is of course assuming Tiger's not playing right. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I'm working yeah. under that assumption. Okay, perfect. So I'd go Rory, Phil, and then a group back. I'd probably go Ricky, Sergio, and then a group back at that. I'd have Spieth with, you know, maybe John Rom. You know, just throw, throw somebody in there. But I, Spieth chasing sounds like fun, and then Rory, Phil, kind of setting the tone would be a good time. Perfect. Did you give an official pick? I can't even remember. I've been talking golf for two hours. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hold, I'm gonna hold my pick oh, off. Oh god! Uh, I got, I got to do, I got to do it on my, 
I'm writing it up. We're doing a whole thing. I'm doing all these 10 predictions. It's going to be on FoxSports.com if you want to check it out. Thank you very much. I have a question for you that goes back on the back end of the Murray thing. Who's the best professional golf follow? Because you follow a lot of the guys. I, I'm not as good at it. I don't follow as many of the players. I feel like you got a better, you've got a better like lock in on this. I try not to follow too many of them, honestly, because it's 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 usually not very good stuff. Um, when Rory gets, I'm just yeah, people are gonna make fun of me for who I would put as my top two. But when Rory gets going, he's pretty good. Like him during the during the U.S. Open last year was really good stuff. Uh, and he's got like no problem like calling somebody a bell end or something like that. Um, so his banter is pretty good. JT when he gets into it as well. Um, the, my favorite one was when somebody asked when he and Smiley Kaufman, I think it's it was the Smiley, best. were playing the yeah. uh, Shark Shootout. He said, "How did you make, how did you guys make a bogey or whatever in that format?" <laughs> he's just like. Well, we hit the ball into the rough, and then we missed a putt, and that's five shots. Uh, yeah, I think so you good. said. I think you said Smiley ran ran five footer for par by three feet, and had to make that for five. Yeah, that's how we made a. It's such a great reply. Uh, so is is D- Dustin's not in your top three? <laughs> Super excited for the FedEx St. St. Jude <laughs> Classic this week! Exclamation point. Not making is- my top three. What what are the what are the percentage of these guys that do it? Like actually do it themselves? I mean, is it like three percent? I think it's higher than that. I think I think it's pretty obvious who doesn't. Um, yeah. I mean, like Brooks Kepka does not do it himself. DJ does not do it himself. I don't think. I think it's pretty clear. Rory does himself. JT definitely does. I don't think Jordan Spieth does, but Smiley does for sure. Uh, Ricky, I think, might be a little mix of both. I don't know. Maybe that's what we should do. That we should uh, we should get the actual answers to that, and then like like do like a round table trivia or something, and see how many we could get right. A power ranking of which play, which of which players actually run their own account. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think that would be a pretty good competition. So, all right, Bacon, let's get you out of here on that. Um, enjoy the week. Enjoy the trip. Best of luck with the media draw. That's most important. I asked Porter as well. Do you have a scripting planned out? I, I've actually thought about posting a picture. This is a joke. Um, that's funny you asked that. That's actually a quick. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like. I mean, they all post their scripting, you know. I mean, they post their scripting, and if they miss the cut, the scripting's still out there. So I guess if you post your scripting and uh, and you don't make it, then, you know, I mean, it's all okay. I guess you just wear it on Monday at Champions Retreat. And confirm to us what we should be looking out for, I guess, now that we're listening to it, this week uh, on Fox Sports. Well, this week I would have already had um, a couple of podcasts out. I got one coming up Wednesday with a top 10 player in the world that is going to be at the Masters that I hope, um, and I think a lot of people hope that he plays well. Oh, well, now I'm going to really end this quickly because I want to know who that is. Uh, Don't forget, (laughs) listeners, uh, send in what I should be eating because I'm inevitably going to lose this bet again. You're, uh, this is this is ridiculous. You're doing. You know what you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. I'm gonna lose. There's no chance. And you know I'm gonna be eating some fried chicken burrito in Florida in like a month. Well, well <laughs> I, I'm not afraid of like jinxing myself anymore because I mean, no, if I have to eat three bad meals or four bad meals, it's kind of indifferent to me at this point. So I'm good either way. How many drinks do you think you're going to have to have before you take this down? Like when you start? Like is this going to be like seven, eight beers before you get going? 
depends on what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Well, I forget what one of the one of the bets was, but I was actually not like dreading that one that much. There was one of them that was like, ah, that actually kind of sounds pretty tasty. I'm looking forward to that. It wasn't Burger King hot dog, that's for sure. That that might be the I, best one. The the KFC, I I I I truly like 80 percent of me believe that KFC trolls us with some of this stuff. You know, yeah. when they roll it out, I'm like, come on, guys. Like you, I mean, not us in particular. I'm just saying society in general. But like. I'm like, you You guys did market research on that and people ate it and loved it. Come on. Like, you got to be kidding me here. We'll know if it's specific to us if somebody, like, launches a campaign right before the U.S. Open. <laughs> it's so. like the divot sandwich presented by Carl Jr. <laughs> it's um, got a lot of bacon podcast, on it. <laughs> this podcast presented by KFC. It's just bacon and salad because they know I don't like lettuce. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Lettuce salad. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Enjoy the week, man. Cheers, Shane. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.